Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, and I'm very excited to be joined today by Angel Shannon, who is a personal development keynote speaker, um, board-certified nurse practitioner, and founder of SIVA Health and the SIVA Institute. She draws on over two decades of clinical practice and a lifetime study of integrative health and mind-body medicine. And she teaches workshops, has her own podcasts, and does a lot to really teach people how to be intentional in creating a foundation of specific health practices that will help them achieve better health and continuous personal improvement in every area of their lives. So Angel, welcome to the show. Dr. Alex, thank you so much for inviting me. It is a pleasure. <laughs> I'm really excited. And I know there's there's quite a bit more to your story and you have quite a few certifications and backgrounds. So I'll kind of let you share a little bit, but how did you go from nurse practitioner into moving into what you're doing now? Or have you always been more in the integrative world and mind-body world? Oh, such a great question. And the biggest <laughs> question is how I even got involved in healthcare to begin with. I started off really wanting to be um, an international corporate lawyer. I studied St. John's University in New York and had a friend who was in, uh, she was in nursing school working in the ICU trauma. And I was just captivated by her stories and said, oh my God, I think that's something I would want to do. I think the beauty of my story really is that my mom is 100% like a lay midwife, naturopath. I mean, not by career, but just by the way she lived. I'm the sixth child of six children. Um, my mom's main thing growing up was ounce of prevention, pound of cure is worth a pound of cure. Good health is the first. Well, before all of these things were like snappy and quotey, my mom was saying that kind of thing. And um, I grew up going to my grandparents' farm in rural Georgia, five, six acres every single summer and just living off the land. My grandfather built his, built the house that they lived in and built the house that my great-grandmother lived in. So my whole life really was centered around just prevention and wellness. My mom, I mean, you know, of course we went to the doctor for regular routine care, but it took a lot to get there because she would do everything and anything to prevent, prevent, prevent. So to be absolutely honest with you, it's really been sort of ingrained in my life, really, just integrative healthcare, prevention, root cause medicine. Um, and before we even knew anything about functional medicine and root causes, that's kind of what the elders were doing, you know, back then is getting to the root of the matter and, you know, really treating, you know, treating what was 
So, um, yeah, so I started out in just regular bedside nursing, critical care, ICU, trauma. I'm here in Maryland. I worked for um, Hopkins. I worked for uh, the Shock Trauma Center and did what a lot of people do (laughs) when they're in that in those uh, areas. I worked too much, you know, for too long, for too many 12 hour shifts. And I just knew there was more to my story than that. Um, I, you may know this term. There were, you know, frequent flyers, people who came in and out of the hospital, got to know them by first name. And what's going on here, you know, why am I seeing Mr. Such and such or Mrs. Such and such every month? Heart failure. Why am I seeing these people over and over and over? You know, dialysis patients or diabetics and whatnot. And so I decided that the impact that I wanted to have would really be more at the community public health teaching level and not in the ICU and trauma. I really wanted to get back to what I grew up on, which is more preventive health. So that was my journey toward becoming a nurse practitioner, because as you know, um, registered nurses at the undergraduate level are not able to prescribe, diagnose, that kind of thing, treat illnesses. So it required that I go back to graduate school and then pursue the path of um, advanced practice nursing. Awesome. I always find it so fascinating to hear people's stories of, <laughs> kind of the evolution into away from, not that like Western medicine has its its place, right? You know, oh, absolutely. we have incredible emergency care here, but for so much of what, you know, we struggle with as a country in terms of health and chronic mm-hmm. health issues, heart disease, all of that stuff, it's a lot of it is really coming down to, we need a more integrative approach and need more help exactly. beyond the doctor just saying, oh, go lose weight. Exactly. 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 Closing the gap between the knowing and the doing, you know, yeah. there is anything you can't teach yourself online about, you know, lung disease or cancer prevention. We all know that we need mammograms and all of this. We know we need a lower cholesterol, but the question is how, you know, closing the gap between the knowing and the doing. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's that's where you function. And that's where I function too, is like peeling Mm -hmm. back those layers and even going beyond the physical stuff into emotional healing and spirit, like all of it's important. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. 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 Very true. So I know we talked a little bit before the show. um, You've recently come across some research around burnout. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I've been on my own own journey and realization around my own level of burnout. Um, But uh, let's let's dive into this because I know and you experienced that well, you know, as well. And Mm -hmm. I think burnout can almost be too simplistic for (laughs) the experience of what it is. And also like something real. So let's maybe I'll let you kind of lead into that with some of the research you've done recently. You know, I was just reading an article over the weekend about Gen Xers being, and that then I should say the age group of 40 to 60 being the leading sector of um, professionals who are leaving the workplace and deciding, you know, and, and driving the great resignation, I should say. And I I'm not surprised, though I did find it a little interesting because I thought it would be younger workers who may be able to afford, maybe they're still, you know, maybe living at home with parents or recently launched or maybe can go back home to living with parents and things like this. But I I found it interesting. And then when I, you know, read it a little bit more, I said, yeah, this makes sense. Because what's going on with most Gen Xers, especially those who are in the 40 to 60 age bracket, 
you probably still have young children or children that are almost launching or most recently launched. And then you probably have an elderly parent or parents that you're either taking care of or for whose, you know, your life is intricately woven into. So you've got to provide some level of care or oversight. So it's the sandwich generation. And it's not surprising that people would say now, you know, it's time for me. You know, I think one of the things the pandemic did do is shine a light on how unsustainable most of our lifestyles really were for the most part. And, um, you know, it's not surprising that that age group would just say, not only are they saying it's time for me, my turn, but they're also asking what next, you know, and there's something really, really, there's something very profound about getting to midlife, the middle of your life. If you're at 40 and with, you know, statistics being, you know, people live to 80s, 90s, you can pretty much say that that's probably about midlife, you know? And there's just something really profound about that stage in life, which is where I am, where you start really thinking about what, what's next. You know, I've done this, I've done that, I have all the degrees that I'm going to possibly earn in a lifetime, but now what do I want to experience? And I think that's just where people are, you know? I think that's where people are. I agree, because oddly, this is something that even though I'm working in the realm of health, like this is a conversation I have with a lot of my clients is, you know, either Mm -hmm. they're in careers and realizing it's really not what they're passionate about, or Mm -hmm. they are burnt out. They've been burning the candle at both ends for so long and either they've just jumped or they don't know how to take that step into what is next. Like they have a picture of what they want it to be, but they're like, how do I let go of the regular paycheck or, you know, whatever, whatever it means, there's some fear in doing that. So, Mm -hmm. um, Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. It looks like you yeah. have some thoughts there. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think the other thing is when you've been socialized or culture, or if you or if you're within a culture um, that says give, always give, be a giver, do for others, serve others. You know, if that's how you were cultured within your community or within your home or what have you it's really hard to make that emotional leap, that psychological leap to putting yourself first after you've put yourself last for years and years and years. So for some people in that, within that demographic money may be an issue and not wanting to let go of the, the regular paycheck, but there may be some people, and I know this to be true, who the paycheck isn't even the problem. It's giving themselves permission to say, okay, I don't want to do this anymore, or, you know, it's okay to not do what I'm doing. And especially people who are in the helping and healing professions, people who are in medicine and healthcare, it's really hard to give yourself permission to walk away from being a healer or helper or healthcare worker for so many years to say, now I'm going to go off and open a dive shop or, you know, or something (laughs) like that, that has nothing to do with helping or healing people, you know? So there's that psychological leap and that spiritual work that I think you were alluding to. That's also so important in this healing of burnout. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking from, I even, I shifted from, you know, I was a chiropractor for 10 years and 
burnt out and realized that that was like not the path. Plus my wrist was destroyed and I just had a second surgery earlier this year. Um, (laughs) And, but you know, there was so much tied to just being willing, even when I was making the decision, you know, realizing like, Hey, physically, I just can't do this. It's like, I'm still hanging on to, sorry for everyone. My dog is throwing a bone on the floor right now. Um, (laughs) I'm still, you know, hanging on to some of my pediatric equipment because I might, you know, go back to that. And it's like, I, and I finally reached that point where like, it's like, no, I'm, I'm good. Like I I can let that go just because I have the degree. It doesn't mean that I have to do that. Like exactly if it wasn't the thing and you know, and I think there's also this, this thing of like, it used to be, you know, I think my parents and grandparents, they're more baby boomer generation, but it was like, you have one career for 35 yes. years and then yes. you retire. Exactly. And now it's, you know, people have multiple careers over their life. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because we're constantly okay. growing and evolving. Um, you would think, you know, it's yeah. so true. And, and the thing is that what's, you know, I think that like, I like to present, to think about health in terms of seasons, you know, there's four seasons in the year. So there's a season of growth, the season of birth and renewal, and then there's the season of letting go. And then, you know, if we just look at nature, like I'm really passionate about like just nature (laughs) and, you know, if we look at nature and just see how every season, there really is something growing. It's just growing at a different pace in a different way. You know, in the middle of winter, you don't see any leaves or any branches, but underneath that ground, there's a lot happening, right? There are roots getting deeper. They're getting nourished by the wet snow and all this kind of thing. So I think just learning that in every season of our life, we're growing in different directions, you know, and different things are getting nurtured. And it's absolutely okay to evolve, as you said, into something new. And it doesn't negate the importance or the value of what you used to do or who you used to be and how you used to identify. It doesn't negate that. It's just a moving into what you've grown into, you know. Yeah. And it's okay for that to evolve. And I think it's all part of the journey, you know. Yeah. And and yeah. part of where we keep our light shining and all of that is being willing to have the courage to take those leaps and to yeah. you know, recognize when it's time to move on. Yeah. And when we're or talking pivot. about, right. Or pivot. Exactly. Yeah. Because you are using those skills. You know, those, I don't think that any skill learned is a skill wasted. It's just reapplied in a different way. And, you know, to the point of burnout, I think that's when we run the risk of really burning out is just that not being able to let go and, you know, and move into what is really calling at your heart and, and knowing that it doesn't mean like jumping off the edge, you know, full throttle, it can mean baby steps. You know, in my coaching work, I, and they're predominantly women, we talk a lot about baby steps, you know, just daily simple actions that lead you closer and closer to what you're desiring to evolve into, what you're trying to design in your life and not negating the importance of baby steps because that's how it all started, right? Baby steps. Yeah. You didn't come out of the womb running. No. So this, I'd, I'd love your input here because I, you know, a lot of my clients are I work with all women as well. And a lot of them are, you know, what I would classify as type A, you know, high performers. And we tend to have this, like, 
we want things to change and we want it now and we don't want to slow down and take the baby steps. And so I'm constantly like, you know, they've had a rough week or work has been insane or whatever it is. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, oh, well, I did my breathing and I drank my water and I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. So those are foundational baby steps that we are yes. building. And that is okay. Yes. Like just because you didn't okay. nail the eating, it's okay. Exactly. Um, exactly. But I don't know if you have any input for, you know, women who are listening to this that are like, mm-hmm. oh, but I want it now. Like how do yeah. we yeah. pause and just mm-hmm. live? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. You know, I had the joy of participating in a year-long program that was offered by it's a collaborative effort between Sounds True, I'm sure you're familiar with Sounds True, Tammy Simon, um, NYU, um, New York University Mindful, Mindful, NYU Mindful, I think is the name of that branch, and then Soren Gordimer's um, Wisdom 2.0. So it was a collaborative effort of that. It was a year-long pro- uh, uh, program called the Inner MBA. It was about cultivating those inner skills to lead uh, for business leaders, leaders, healers, what have you, who want to lead from the heart and develop more conscious businesses. One of the things we read in that program was a book um, by, I can't remember the author, but it's it has to do with the inner immune, your psychological immune system, right? How your mind is wired. I'll get the title for you and we can put it in the show notes. But learning how our psychological immune system works and what those defense mechanisms are, right? So if you think of your regular immune system, you cut your finger on something, blood cells rush in to heal it. So it clots and heals up well and whatnot. And that's all designed to protect the body. But the psychological system has protective mechanisms too, right? What I learned about myself, I'll put myself out there, is that where I'd always thought that I was type A and always thought that I was high performing and things like this, and where I thought was perfectionism was actually something called enoughism. And it's not ever feeling like it's enough, not ever feeling worthy, not ever feeling adequate. And I think underneath all of this perfectionism and type A and whatnot are women, myself included, who have through a number of different experiences and circumstances and cultural things and whatnot, at the end of the day, have been left feeling like what they do and who they are is not enough. And so they kick it into overdrive and they're doing, doing, doing. And it's just living through the checklist, living the checklist life, right? So I got the MBA, I got the JD, I got the PhD, I got the, and it's just check, 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 check. And what's interesting is there are never enough checks until you do the work. And what that program led me to do is to examine the parts of my life where I was over delivering, overdoing. I mean, really overdoing, got this wonderful business, have a schedule that some people would die for, have telehealth opportunity where I can work from anywhere, you know, thanks to, well, I had telehealth in place before the pandemic, but in any case, now we have it. And why am I still so tired? Why am I laying in bed in the middle of the night thinking about whatever it is I'm thinking about? It's because it's hardwired into my immune system, my psychological immune system, 
that this is what I need to do. This is how I need to show up. This is what people are expecting of me. And people on the outside, you know, you've got, why are you so, you know, you did it. You got your own business, blah, blah, blah. It's never enough until you do that work. And so what I say to that is it really requires going deep into this inner inner landscape and figuring out what is really driving that. Because if we're not careful, we'll just replace one thing with another. Okay. So I'm not doing I'm not doing all of that anymore. But now I'm now I'm clocking my hours of how many meditation minutes I've done or how many steps I've done or how many, you know, and it's like, cool it. (laughs) Let's talk about yeah. Yeah. Because if not, we're doing, you know, 50 yoga classes and then we just replace all of the good stuff you know, all the bad stuff with good stuff, good but stuff. it's still too much good stuff. Does that make yeah. sense? It yeah. does. Yeah. Cause it's still in that context of, you know, I've gotten into and been talking a lot. Cause I am in a PhD program. <laughs> I'm <laughs> nearly done with this conversation. I'm like, oh, I took a year break to make sure I was doing it for the right reasons. But, yeah. um, you know, I've studied a lot of neuroscience and Joe Dispenza and that, and it's like, we have these unconscious patternings and programs that run us. Mm-hmm. And you can be doing the good stuff or the bad stuff, but that's still what's driving you until you take the time to slow down and do the work and unearth exactly whatever that is. Um, yeah. 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 And, and, and to sit with it, you know, Pema Chodron yeah. writes about, you know, placing this tender heart in the cradle of loving kindness. And so a lot of my work is not so much the, health coaching, you know, the, the meal plans and all that kind of thing. What I really work on with my female population is radical self-compassion, radical self-compassion, you know, because mindfulness is the, you know, the awareness of where you are in space or time. So what, what's my surrounding, what's going on around me? What am I feeling? All that kind of stuff. Self-compassion is about what do I need? What do I need in this moment? Do I need to extend myself a little bit of grace? Do I need to be patient with myself? Do I need to speak up for myself and say to my boss or manager, I can't do that for you, you know, or I am enough as I am, as I exist today, I am enough. So, you know, it's all that kind of unearthing that I like to get to because all of the others, the meal plans and that stuff is simple. And not only that, you can't do that work until you do some of the inner landscape work. Yeah. So yeah. much of what I do has now shifted in that direction yeah. as well. So it's, I don't know what it is. It's nice to talk to somebody else who's come to the same realization because, you know, we can tell you what to eat and we can tell you, you know, exactly. what you should do to sleep and how to exercise. And all. It doesn't make any difference until exactly. you do the inner stuff. Like there's a reason why it hasn't worked up until now. Exactly. And I'm not here to say, you know, I will never say that, you know, keto doesn't work or such and such doesn't work because that's, you know, everyone's different. But I think it's just the point that, um, you know, people have made millions and millions of dollars on selling, you know, (laughs) boxed solutions, like, right, you know, just here, here it is in a box, take this for 90 days. And, and it's why so many people are so frustrated and disgruntled and disheartened by the healthcare system because they've done that. They've spent the money. They've invested in, you know, 90 days worth of 
whatever it is. I don't want to call anything out because I don't want to get sued, but you know how it is. <laughs> it's, you know, all of those off the shelf programs and it really does require the willingness to go a little bit deeper. Hence the coaching that you do and that I do um, and why it's so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think women are starting to recognize that, but if you're listening to this and you are still looking for, you know, that silver silver lining or that magical mm-hmm. pill or thing yeah. that's finally going to work for you. Yeah. It's not there. I can tell you it's not there. Exactly. <laughs> you got to exactly. go in. You got to go in. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. And, and if you do get results with things like that, they're very temporary. They're yeah. very, very temporary. And I can tell you yeah. from just my own lived experience, I've done the fasts, I've done the intermittent fasting, all that kind of thing, celebrated, got on the scale, the 10 pounds. And then it's like, okay, you know, two months later, here I am, you know, gaining a pound or two back because it's really about other kinds of things that you're doing that are working opposite of what your intentions really are. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And until we get aligned in what we really want. And yeah, you know, who we are and how we show up and all of those things. Yep. Willpower yeah. only takes you so far. Exactly. Willpower yeah. only takes you so far. And then there's the guilt tripping. And then, you know, we live in a world now where it's looking at what's happening on to Susie over in, on Instagram, on her page and someone else's. And it really is just about learning how to honor your own path, your own journey, your own story, you know, whatever that story looks like. That's what it really boils down to. And it it is hard work. It's not overnight. Unfortunately, you know, it is an investment in terms of time and money. Our healthcare system does not reimburse us, you know, adequately for that level of work, you know. And so I often say to to potential clients and people who come that, yeah, this is going to be an investment in your well-being. It's going to be an investment in your health. And, you know, we get to talking about insurance and things like that, but you know, insurance doesn't pay for your tires to get changed. They don't pay for oil changes. So, you know, that's just how you keep the car running. And this is how you can help keep your health, you know, intact and keep yourself growing and evolving. Yeah. It's a good analogy. I like that. All right. You know, insurance might catch up someday, but until they care more yeah. about helping people than making money, probably not. Probably not. Exactly. <laughs> and that's not to be a pessimist, right? I no. mean, you, you've been around for a long time. I've been around yeah. for a long time. We're on two different sides of, you know, the country. I'm sure, you know, you've got your stories to tell, but I can tell you here on the East Coast, you know, if you've got a diagnosis with an ICD code, they'll pay for that all day long. But if you want to go in and make some real permanent changes, I've been around a long time and I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. it is. It but, is. Mm-hmm. And I will say it saves you a lot of money in the long run if you choose to invest in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're getting that. foundational skills. You know, we talked yeah. about that. just real foundational skills for me, sleep. You know, one of the things that yeah. I try to do in my practice is talk about just that psychological well-being of, you know, and sleep. So many people are not resting, they're not getting good night's sleep. And for my age group population, Gen X women, you know, if there's transition issues, menopause and perimenopause, we have to talk about all of the foundational wellness things that seem very obvious, but they're not. 
Yeah. They're really not. You know, people aren't even aware that, wow, I went a whole day without drinking any water. Yeah. When I, you know, I was up three times last night, tossing and turning, probably not going to perform at your optimal best, you know, optimal level. Not a, yeah, not a yeah. good day to be CrossFit. That's what we're pushing ourselves to do. <laughs> yeah, the CrossFit, yeah. <laughs> that was the yeah. first thing that came to mind. And yeah. um, maybe we can transition into kind of this a set of things and then we'll wrap up we could talk forever but um I know not everyone has forever to listen to us talk you know what I found in my own journey recently because I went through we'll just call it burnout right and I'm still like seeing the effects of that you know five six years later I just had a bunch of blood work done and it was like I have weird things like everything looks great my thyroid's beautiful but my reverse t3 is high and then my DHEAS was high which is the precursor dollar hormone has Mm -hmm. to do with adrenals and I'm just like but I've changed so much stuff and yet this is still affecting me. And so I've recognized like somewhere in burnout, I lost the emotional capacity to actually push myself. Mm. And I'm like in this interesting place of like rediscovering that, but in a balanced way, that's not like the crazy, Oh, I have to go run a marathon. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've been pushing myself cardiovascularly on a spin bike and that's been interesting, but it's, you know, I do a lot with meditation and kind of work through some chakra stuff as well recently or energy mm-hmm. center work. And it's, mm-hmm. I recognize like in my third chakra, like I just, I don't have, you know, it, mm-hmm. one of the things I was doing was symbols and it's, you know, strength mm-hmm. is that's where our inner yes. strength comes from. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that thing's just totally gone. And, mm-hmm. but now it's a question of like, okay, what does that look like? So for women in that kind of transitionary point, and I, I love your perspective on like, when do we pull back? When do we push and how do we kind of find that place where there's balance of you know we want to live it's like I don't want to be in hiding mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. kind of like this mm-hmm. weak little whatever I've been the last yeah. few years but mm-hmm. also we do need to take time to heal <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know and have that work again so I'd love your perspective on all that I've had my own yeah that is so like really really interesting because you mentioned just this feeling where I think the, the, the heart of that is I don't even have it within me. I don't have the capacity to even push myself. And I think that is like the heart of it, right? Like when you know that you, because you're a mom, you know, you, you're running a business, you're, you've got, you know, all of your clients and whatnot, you know, like we're like little old lady in the shoe. We've got all of these people, right? That we're, whose lives we're managing, right? Including our own. And you've pushed through things before in your life, right? So it's not, it's, it's not hard to do, but when you realize you don't even have it in you to do that, that is when it really does come down to, I think about just my own garden. Like when I look at these tender little plants, right. That I've put out too early, maybe they got way too much sunshine, like this chamomile. I've recently put this out way too early and it got burnt, right. And I'm thinking, here we go with this chamomile again. Why is it? It's because I it, it got too much of something, right? Does it even have the capacity to come back? And I looked in the center of this plant and there's just this tiny little area of green, tiny little area. And all the rest of it looks like it's gone. But I know that if I just nurture that one little area, just give it enough water, put it right on the shelf, leave it alone give it time, it will begin to, you know, blossom out and and grow out more shoots and things like this. So I say that 
the awareness of where that one little area is in your life that you can nurture, that you can be really kind and compassionate and patient with, because there's all this other stuff that feels like it's so necessary where it's just this one little area. So I always go back to that root chakra, just back to that root chakra work. And you and I, we can, we really could talk forever because we yeah. have so much in common. <laughs> yeah. But I just think that I just think that root chakra work is so important. Just really, and if I if I could say root chakra, but also you know third eye stuff, intuition. Yeah nurturing that intuition so much. I do a lot of gemstone work and I'd set my gems out and charging and all this other thing. But I think it's just the knowing and honoring that intuition so that this is connected to that. And there's a direct line so that you intuitively know what you need to do at that root and foundational level. And I think that that anything that aligns with root chakra work, when you're feeling like that, is time well spent. That's my, yeah. my, my thought. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And for listeners who, you know, maybe this is new, I've talked a little bit about these concepts, but I'm kind of newer in practicing it myself and kind of working with my clients on it. And I find it really powerful because, so the root is, you know, the seat of creation and yep. there's, there's lots that happens there. And then our third eye, or I call it the seventh center is, you know, mm-hmm. where the pituitary gland sits. And so yep. that, gland is responsible for like all of our hormones doing exactly. what they're supposed to do exactly so if either of those are out of whack like we got exactly. problems yep we uh, have problems yep yeah. and to your point about creativity you know getting back to that and creativity yeah. for its own sake whether it's drawing painting you know I started doing vision boards again I'm a big vision awesome. board person so I started yeah. doing vision boards again and just cutting out and coloring and all that kind of stuff and Aligning that with what I want to do with my life and the direction that I want to go. Very, very creative, uh, you know, creative visualization practices are really super important and very yeah. healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I've been playing the violin since I was about five and haven't played it much, but I've recently picked yeah. it back up and just started yeah. doing that again. Yeah. Learn something yeah. new. Like there's yeah. all kinds of ways to mm-hmm. happen. For its own you. sake. For yeah. its own sake. Not that you're going to you know, open up a school or open up a business. Right. Teaching violin or <laughs> be like, do it yeah. to enjoy it. Right. Do it just for the sake of enjoying, you know? Yeah. You're yeah. not going to go to the You don't have to be good at it. You right. don't have to like, yeah. no one's going to judge it. You're not selling your art. You know, exactly. my art still looks like a fifth graders and I exactly. sit down yep. and draw with my kids. It's great. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So I'm bringing this full circle because we really could go forever. <laughs> you know, we have this concept of burnout and I think we've talked about it in a much deeper way than anyone would ever discuss <laughs> anywhere else, which I'm totally okay with because that's how I roll. Um, you know, just to kind of recapping, if you're in this place of feeling burnt out, you know, knowing you need to transition, finding that courage to change, maybe you're feeling like me and just like, holy crap, I've lost the ability to push myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm in this exploration of like, am I healed enough to do it? Or do I need to spend more time there? Like all of that mm-hmm. stuff. What, mm-hmm. what are kind of the maybe three things that you would give someone to start looking at? Absolutely. We talked about some of them, but let's just yeah, yeah. mine it out. I always say, yeah, I always say start with just a little bit of everyday oasis time, you know, 10 minute retreats every day to yeah, pause yeah. and breathe and just stop. Just, you know, even if it just takes getting on your, putting it as a timer on your Fitbit, 
10 minute breaks, because you, what you want to do is drive down this adrenal, you know, this overdrive, all of the, all of the stuff that's firing off from your adrenals or not firing off or what have you give yourself those 10 minute pauses throughout your day. If it's every two hours, every four hours, whatever the case may be, that's number one. Number two, try to get yourself some good sleep, really, really good sleep. I mean, literally turning things off. If you have to incorporate your family or friends to help you be accountable to that, just, okay, nine o'clock is it. I'm shutting it down. I'm shutting it off. Even if you can't go to sleep, just getting your brain trained towards rest, right? So I'm really big on rest, rest, rest. And then the other thing is just at the, just the real foundational level, look at your foods, your nutrition, things that are working against what you're trying to do. White sugars, artificial sugars, caffeines, things like that, just little by little, you know, I'm not talking about going cold turkey, but try your best just to wean down certain things. Um, Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to be fighting against yourself, right? And so when we're just pushing and pushing and pushing and not resting and not feeding ourselves, at this, that foundational level with good stuff, we're working against ourselves ultimately. And I also say, do it in community, have these conversations with other women, be honest and open. Cause I'll tell you, you can achieve, you know, massive results in your life when you are working with others and people who are honest and authentic and saying, Hey, look, I feel the same way. Cause then you can start holding each other accountable, reminding each other, being gentle with each other. I think too often we women have been cultured to believe we've got to go it alone. You know, we've taken on a lot of masculine energies, which is forge ahead and keep going and, you know, all of that. And women, historically throughout the world, many different cultures, women have always been about community. You know, we've always done things together and we've got to get back to that, um, you know, is learning how to be open and authentic with each other and reach out and be a source of support to each other. Yeah. Just a little total side note. I implemented like a group aspect to what I do kind of at the beginning of this year. And I work one-to-one with everybody, but that group call, man, like Friday, yeah. we all look forward to that. It is, yes. like, it sets us up for such a great weekend. Cause it was just something about coming together and recognizing you're not alone. I talked to so many women. They're exactly. like, the biggest thing I get from that is that it's not just me. Like I'm not exactly, so, exactly. You're not alone. Huge. And that's something I did too, is that at the start yeah. of the pandemic is just started a virtual community of women, small steps, daily, yeah. small steps. It's not about losing weight and all this other type of thing. It's just being really, really good to ourselves, learning how to be good to ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so important. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, Angel, thank you so much for, like I said, we could go forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Let's stay in touch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And real quick for our listeners, how can they connect with you? I know you, you're, you've got a website, um, but yep, where else can they find you? Yep. You can find me on the website, www.sivahealthgroup.com. Also at www.getfitandfunctionalforlife.com. That's where our Gen X women only community lives. That's where we hang out and do some good stuff together. We've got a um, women, wa- women wine and wellness event coming up uh, at the end of, uh, June. So people can check that out as well. And then if you're on LinkedIn, I hang out over there at angel V Shannon, linkedin.com slash forward slash angel V Shannon. That's where you can find me. 
Yep. Great. I'll put all that in the show notes. Well, sounds great. Again, thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Enjoy the rest of your day and let's stay in touch. Thank you for tuning in to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and also leave us a review. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in the Emergent Women Community Group on Facebook for the chance to interact with me live once a week and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become the vibrant, energetic, and on-fire version of yourself we all know is under there. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about. Mm-hmm.